turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Since God brought down the Assyrian Empire, He can bring down any empire. That's the message here. Since God brought down the Assyrian Empire, He can bring down any empire, no matter how large or powerful it may be. God can bring it crashing down to the ground. If it becomes prideful, if it becomes arrogant, if it forsakes the ways of the Lord. Pride, arrogance, and unlawfulness are all too common of traits you'll find in our nation, as well as many others in this world. Nations are made of men, and the weaknesses that plague us individually affect us as a nation, especially when left unchecked. Today, Pastor Dan will draw our attention to the demise of Egypt that Ezekiel warns of in today's passage. This was a powerful, advanced nation, firmly established as a world power, but their pride and wickedness led to their destruction. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 31 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and perform them that the land where I am bringing you to dwell may not vomit you out. What's that? He says, be careful to keep all my commands or you will be cast out of the land. You'll cease to be a nation. I'll do away with you as a nation if you forsake my commands. In Deuteronomy 18.12, again, you're taking notes, you can jot that down, Deuteronomy 18.12, God says to the children of Israel, before he brings them into the land of Canaan, he says that he's going to drive out all the nations living in the land of Canaan, all those Canaanite nations, and the reason, he says, he will drive them out is because those nations, listen to what he says, did things that were detestable to the Lord. God says, I'm going to remove all these nations. I'm going to do away with these nations because they've done things that are detestable to me. Detestable to the Lord or disgusting to the Lord. And those Canaanite nations, they don't have a Bible. They don't have Christian TV. They they don't have Christian radio stations with sermons playing all day long and all night long. And yet God is still going to judge them morally according to his word. And they have done things that are detestable to him. So he's just going to remove them from the land. Again, God judges a nation morally according to his law, 
according to his commandments. Does that nation do what is right in God's eyes or what is detestable in God's eyes? And I think that's a really good reminder for us, isn't it? Righteousness will exalt our nation. Laws and policies that honor God's word will exalt our nation. And laws and policies that are detestable to God will bring our nation down to the pit. There's a, mor- there's a morality that's required for the nation to succeed. For a nation to be blessed by God, they must do what is right. Now, going back here to uh, Ezekiel 31, if you look at verse 12, here he's talking about what's going to happen to Egypt. And he says, in aliens... The most terrible of the nations, again, he's talking about the Babylonians, have cut it down and left it. Its branches have fallen on the mountains and in all the valleys. Its bows lie broken by all the rivers of the land and all the peoples of the earth have gone from under its shadow and left it. He's talking about the Babylonian army. The Babylonian army defeated the Assyrian Empire, this great mighty cedar of Lebanon, as it's described here. The Babylonians defeated the Assyrians in 609 BC, which is just a little bit more than 20 years before this prophecy that Ezekiel is given here. So it's not that long ago. God says to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, uh, your greatness is kind of like the greatness of the Assyrian Empire. And you know what happened to them. (laughs) Nobody thought they could ever fall. And they fell. Not too long ago. Look at verse 13. On its ruin will remain all the birds of the heavens. Remember the birds that were nesting in the trees and the beasts that were taking shade under the branches? Well, now that the tree has been chopped down and fallen, on its ruin will remain all the birds of the heavens and all the beasts of the field will come to its branches. You know, there were some that were still clinging to Assyria's Glorious past, even though that the empire has collapsed and been defeated by the Babylonians, there were people that were still holding on to that past greatness of Assyria and the Assyrian Empire. Isn't it funny how we cling to the past? And how we hold on to some past greatness and long for the good old days. It ain't coming back. Syria is not coming back. Verse 14. So that no trees by the waters may even again exalt themselves for their height, nor set their tops among the thick boughs, that no tree which drinks water may ever be high enough to reach up to them, for they have all been delivered to death, to the depths of the earth, among the children of men who go down to the pit. And notice that word pit is in capital letters. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. What is God saying here? God is saying, let what happened to the mighty Assyrian Empire be a lesson to all the nations. Learn from Assyria's foolishness. The foolishness of their self-exaltation and forsaking God and forsaking God's morals. Any nation that becomes prideful, arrogant, and does wickedly in God's sight will be delivered to death just like the Assyrians. God will bring that nation down. Verse 15, thus says the Lord. In the day when it went down to hell, 
I caused mourning. I covered the deep because of it. I restrained its rivers and the great waters were held back. I caused Lebanon to mourn for it and all the trees of the field wilted because of it. I made the nation shake at the sound of its fall when I cast it down to hell together with those who descend into the pit. There's that word again. And all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water were comforted in the depths of the earth. The fall of the Assyrian Empire uh, should make all the nations tremble with fear. Since God brought down the Assyrian Empire, he can bring down any empire. That's the message here. Since God brought down the Assyrian Empire, he can bring down any empire, no matter how large or powerful it may be. God can bring it crashing down to the ground. If it becomes prideful, if it becomes arrogant, if it forsakes the ways of the Lord. One author said, no matter how high and mighty a tree may have been during its earthly existence in death, all are equal. Death is the great equalizer for nations and for individuals. No matter what a person may achieve in their life, no matter what kind of greatness they may achieve, or recognition, or fame, or fortune, or title, or award, or anything like that, we're all the same in death. Death puts us all on the same level. And when you die, it doesn't matter what you achieved, or how great you were, or how many people knew you. It's the great equalizer. You know, the only way to face death is with the assurance found in Jesus Christ. And through his death on the cross, Jesus has provided forgiveness for us. He's provided eternal life for us. And it's only what we do for Christ in this lifetime that really is going to matter and count in eternity. Not anything else. Everything else is just going to pass away. So it goes on in verse 17 to say, They also went down to hell with it, with those slain by the sword and those who were its strong arm. Dwelt in its shadow among the nations to which of the trees in Eden will you then be likened in glory and greatness again speaking to Egypt. Yet you shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the depth of the earth, depths of the earth. You shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, says the Lord God. So this is a warning to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. If you remember back uh, last week from chapter 29, Pharaoh Hafra thought all of, the, all of Egypt's power and success and greatness as a nation was due to him. He even took credit for the Nile River. Remember that? He claimed that he was a God who created the Nile River. God's warning to Egypt and to every nation is what happened to Assyria can happen to you. What happened to Assyria can happen to you. And that brings us to chapter 32, verse 1. He's going to continue here. And it came to pass in the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, of the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, so this prophecy now, this one was given about 18 months after the fall of Jerusalem. Remember the previous one was just before the fall of Jerusalem. This one's about 18 months 
after the fall of Jerusalem, and it's about two months after the news of the destruction of Jerusalem reached the captives in Babylon. News traveled slowly in those days. So Jerusalem is destroyed at this point. Remember, there were false prophets who convinced the people that Jerusalem would never fall. God would never allow Jerusalem to be destroyed or conquered. And so now you have the news of the fall of Jerusalem. And that's, I'm sure that was confusing for people because they believed God would protect uh, Jerusalem. But Jerusalem has been destroyed. Ezekiel receives this prophecy against Egypt, verse 2. And specifically now, it's going to be a prophecy against the Pharaoh in particular. Verse 2 says, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So this is a lamentation. This is a funeral song for Pharaoh. Saying to him, You are like a young lion among the nations, and you are like a monster in the seas, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the waters with your feet, and fouling their rivers. We, we saw you know, this, this comparison to a river monster, a crocodile, in chapter 29. I mentioned that uh, the pharaoh was often depicted as a ferocious crocodile and inscriptions in Egypt. So as you have the same comparison here. Verse 3, thus says the Lord God, I will therefore spread my net over you with a company of many people, and they will draw you up in my net. Then I will leave you on the land. I will cast you out on the open fields and cause to settle on you all the birds of the heavens. And with you I will fill the beasts of the whole earth. I will lay your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. Again, similar to what we read in chapter 29 with this judgment against uh, the Pharaoh. Verse 6, I will also water the land of Egypt with the flow of your blood, even to the mountains, and the riverbeds will be full of you, full of your blood. Now, this is reminiscent of the judgments in the Exodus, right? When God turned the Nile River to blood. Now he says he's going to fill the whole land of Egypt with the blood of the Egyptians. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 7. When I put out your light, I will cover the heavens and make its stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you and bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. Again, remember in the Exodus, one of the plagues was Darkness covered the land of Egypt. And God, again, uses 
a similar language here to describe the judgment of Egypt this time. And I will also trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring you your destruction among the nations into the countries which you have not known. Yes, I will make many peoples astonished at you. And their king shall be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them. And they shall tremble every moment, every man for his own life in the day of your fall. Just like the Assyrian Empire, when it it fell and people thought it was invincible, it could never fall. The Egyptians, uh, Egypt was also a mighty empire, world power that many thought The Egyptians were invincible, and now when it falls, seeing that destruction will trouble many nations. People are going to tremble when they see the collapse of Egypt. For thus says the Lord God, verse 11, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you. Again, this is written before the destruction of Egypt, and God names the Babylonian specifically, as as the instrument of judgment that will come upon that nation. You know, so God tells them prophetically, this is how it's going to go down. The Babylonians are going to come, and they're they're going to destroy you. Verse 12, by the swords of the mighty warriors, all of them, the most terrible of the nations, I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder the pomp of Egypt and all its multitude shall be destroyed. Also, I will destroy all its animals from beside its great waters. Speaking of the Nile River, the foot of man. Notice what it says. The foot of man shall muddy them no more, nor shall the hooves of animals muddy them. Then I will make their waters clear and I will make their rivers run like oil says the Lord God. God says here that when he brings this judgment upon Egypt by the hand of the Babylonians, that he will, uh, he will cause man and animal to cease from moving on the land of Egypt so that the waters of the Nile River will not be disturbed by man or beast and the, the waters of the Nile River will become clear. Because they're no longer disturbed. How many of you remember earlier this year in the pandemic when everything was locked down and you started seeing the news reports of how waterways started to clear up because there was no more traffic, no more boat traffic. Uh, Venice, for example, there were pictures of the water canals in Venice where there were no more boats traveling on the canals and so the water just cleared up and you could start to see fish and that kind of thing in the water. That's what God's describing here with the Nile River. What would happen as a result of his judgment upon Egypt? Uh, When Egypt is conquered, there's no more people or animals disturbing the water. And so the Nile River will clear up. Verse 15. When I make the land of Egypt desolate. And the country is destitute of all that once filled it. When I strike all who dwell in it, then they shall know that I'm the Lord. This is the lamentation with which they shall lament her. The daughters of the nation shall lament her. 
They shall lament for her, for Egypt, and for all her multitude, says the Lord God. It came to pass also in the twelfth year of the fifteenth day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, so this, is, this will be the last prophecy that Ezekiel receives about Egypt. Son of man, wail over the multitude of Egypt and cast them down to the depths of the earth, her and the daughters of the famous nations with those who go down to the pit. Now watch what he starts to say here. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down. Be placed with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of those slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword, drawing her and all her multitudes. The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell with those who help him. They have gone down. They lie with the uncircumcised slain by the sword. Here, God describes Egypt being cast down into the pit or Sheol is the Hebrew word, or your translation might even have the word hell. It's talking about uh, the judgment that will come upon Egypt, being cast down into hell as, as a nation. You know, the Bible teaches that there is eternal life, that there is a heaven for those that have trusted Jesus Christ, and that there is a place called Sheol, or hell, which is a place that is apart from God. A place of eternal punishment. And Both the Old Testament and the New Testament teach eternal punishment for the unbeliever. Death is, physical death is not the, the end of, of life, really. It's not that a person ceases to exist after death, as some people Believe The Bible describes hell as a real place, a physical place. You know, there, there are some people who, who wrongly believe that hell is just like this big party with all of your friends. And it's just going to be like this eternal keg party or something like that. You know, where you're going to, you know, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints, as the song says. But here's what the Bible says about hell. First, it says it's a real place. Hell is described as a place of eternal punishment, of everlasting torment, a place where the fire is not quenched and where the worm never dies, a place of everlasting separation from God, a place of darkness, a place of wailing, which is severe crying, gnashing of teeth, which is what you do when you're angry and you gnash your teeth, Uh, We see in the Bible that people in hell are conscious and aware of what's going on. They're capable of feelings. They're capable of emotions. They recognize others in hell. And it seems also that those uh, in in hell uh, will be able to see those in heaven that they knew during their earthly life. Which, in my opinion, that seems like that would be the most hellish part of heaven, of hell, is seeing into heaven. He asked me how I know, and I say, 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.